Hey, Brennan. Hey, Alan. And welcome to another episode of Dice Over Everything. So how good are you at still memorizing your times tables? Uh, I don't even remember what times tables are at this point. Oh, your, something... multi- your multiplication tables. <laughs> Multiplying numbers, maybe... Multiplying, like... you mean like making more children? <laughs> I don't have any children, but... <laughs> No, it's like your miniature. It's the only context that I hear it. Yeah, exactly. Multiplying the number of miniatures that I need uh, to make myself feel good about myself because I don't have children. Um, so it sounds like being yeah. bad at math is probably better for it when that happens. <laughs> so you don't yeah, know how many. Exactly. It's like how many miniatures do I have, and how many uh, are in my closet right now that are unpainted? I don't know. Can't count I'm glad I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I have this many miniatures per square inch, and I have my closet is this big. It's entirely filled, and I'm starting to move on to my second closet. All right, so let me have, how do I understand? Like, how many do I so actually you have? Calculator. You need a calculator is what you're saying. Yeah, I need to get an accountant. Mm-hmm. But when you play miniature games, like, you usually don't bring a calculator to the table, do you? Uh, well, I have my phone, but I, I try not to actually use a, the calculating calculator function. Yeah, sometimes we have to add up like points values on things that goes into the thousands because, you know, a lot of games yeah. are actually going to the hundreds you, and the thousands. Yeah. We start Do you remember when we, when we were building armies in Warhammer 40,000 uh, as children? Mm-hmm. We, would have, we would spend literally hours looking, looking at the different characters that we want, choosing the points for the, the war gear, calculating them up, adding them all up on paper, Drawing little that. pictures on the on the margins because you start getting bored. Yeah, have a math. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always been that math element to the games. When you get into the thousands, oddly, as kids, we did not use calculators for that, but we were kind of nerds. <laughs> That's true. And we were we we understood what multiplication tables were back then. Yes, and we had them memorized. Possibly unlike now, where we might fail those tests. Okay, quickly, five times seven. 45. 35, sorry. <laughs> I think we've basically proven we're, we're There terrible. you go. <laughs> we're too slow for this now. Yeah. Uh, so today our topic is uh, complication in uh, war games and how much is too much math. Yeah. All so, right. So let's get into it. All right. I guess you need to have math in the games at a very minimal level. Just when you get into modifiers for anything and just if you're, yeah, I, you've got, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot of guys. math, even just odds. Like when you look at our games that we play, when you start rolling dice, sudden, whether or not, whether you like it or not, odds becomes part of the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to know if your decision's good or not. And like, if you really want to know, you can work through the math on it. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Technically, even though math is part of the game, you, you don't necessarily have to be good at math to play the game. You'll just lose. <laughs> yeah, or you've got to like trust somebody else's math who says yeah. or, or you good just, choices to make. Or, so, so that's, this is one of those things. Are you the type of person when you're calculating a decision, right? You try and calculate the odds. Let's say you have a, a big stompy robot, right? Let's say, and, and, and the stompy robot gets to roll five, five D6s, right? And needs a, a four and up to succeed. 
And then once they succeed on that, they get to roll a damage roll of 2d6, subtracting the enemy, uh, let's say the enemy uh, armored knight's armor. And then you need to be able to do something like 15 damage, right? So you have to exceed that armor on, on these rolls that you do that would have, as many have succeeded enough to kill that knight who has 15 life. What do you think the, how do you calculate the, like when you, when you make that decision, how much is math coming into play? Technically you have a calculator. I told you all the odds you should be able to figure out. That's kind of unacceptable to sit there with your calculator and do it. You're allowed to do it in your head though. <laughs> Oddly, that's yeah. acceptable. Like yeah. to decide if you want to throw your robot against his robot and it's better than 50-50, you take it out. Because you know if you don't destroy it, his whole uh, army and his robot will swarm yours and destroy yours. Yep. You feel inclined like you have to be able to do that math, but I guess to a lot of people it's, it's too hard and they don't really want to do it all the time. Yeah. And, or they do and, it so slowly it's not worth it. Yeah, and, and honestly, all like as, as we've demonstrated, if we had to calculate those odds on the fly in the middle of the game, we have we are no longer have the math ability to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we literally have to take out a piece of paper like we were we were like in grade seven and just write it down to actually figure it out. So yeah. we, we don't have that luxury. At the same time, even if you're not actually calculating those odds every single time, how often do you think about it afterwards? or beforehand like planning to, to try and calculate the odds and see where those actual numbers are so that you are ready for it the next game. Yeah, back in War Machine, we would do the calculations more because it was more competitive and it was also like based around two dice. So the odds become harder to calculate for like a two hit chance. I, I said that actually in my math. It's you, you have two dice and you have to exceed the armor. Yeah, I didn't say what the armor is. Let's say the armor is six, five, five. Let's say the armor is five and you have to roll 2d6. All right, just so that people, when they, they, at home, if they want to, they can calculate whether or not you're probably going to destroy that. Yeah. That night. I don't remember the the probabilities on like two dice rolls and like what you get and the percentage of the time. Back when we were playing War Machine, I had a general idea of like, is this a 70% chance? Mm-hmm. This is like a guaranteed like 90% plus chance because in that game you, you kind of wanted to know what was going to happen because if your unit failed to do what it was going to do, often yep. they would be able to pull their combo off if they still had the thing yep. on the board. So it mattered to like the full success or not full success to remove things from the yep. board in that game. So you started learning more math of like the probabilities, but not really in terms of doing the math, but more of like a memorization of like tables. Like, like multiplication kind of, tables. Yeah, and now there's just a probability table for your percentage yep. rule for what two dice add up to. Yeah, two dice and ha- what you needed for that. And th- the other thing, though, is when you look at the math, like the, the, the calculation that I said is very common in games, right? It's yep. specifically like in games like War Machine where you're making a whole bunch of rolls, right? The thing that we also have to understand is like one calculation. Let's say I have five dice and I need a five and up. Calculating that is not like, what's the odds that you, let's say you succeed on all of them. It's not crazy, right? You do one over three to the power of five. Okay, it's crazy to do in your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it's, the, the math is straightforward. 
However, when you start doing compounding roles, right? And let's say you let's say you don't want to just think about um, let's say you're you in in the game, you need to you want to see what the odds of are of defeating that knight, right? Killing that knight. But you also want to know what are the chances that you don't like you damage the knight over half so that you have another chance, let's say with some infantry, to come in afterwards to finish the job, right? These are the kind of compounding roles that that make the math super, super complicated. And then to add up possibly you possibly got a two-hit roll, then you've maybe got a two-damage roll with strength versus toughness. Then they may have another armor roll to stop the whole thing from happening, which is common in lots of games. And then the other thing is like, even if you have a 90% chance to let's say destroy the knight, if you fail, if you win on that 90% chance of killing the knight, what are your actual chances of winning the game? Versus if you fail on killing the knight, let's say it's only 10%, right? So most likely you're gonna kill the knight. If you fail on killing that knight, what are the chances that failing to kill that knight loses you the game? And I, I feel like a lot of people, because they don't necessarily understand probabilities and, and like the, um, the, what do you call them? I don't even know. I, honestly, math has been so long out of, out of my, 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 like the, the um, actuarial, whatever kind of tables, like mm-hmm. what are the risks, right? You're trying to calculate risks on top of your, your probabilities of, of things happening, right? And a lot of people don't take that risks those risks into um, into in, into their kind of thinking when they play the game. So they might say like, "Oh, I had a ninety percent chance of killing that knight, right?" But the odds might be ninety. I had a ninety percent chance of killing that knight, which would make it, which would give me, let's say, I don't know, a five percent gain. Yeah, ten percent. But if I if on the 10% chance that I fail to kill that knight, I lose the game, right? Yeah. And then what they end up doing is they say every single task, every single uh, action I did had a 90% chance of succeeding. But mm-hmm. every single one of those tasks that, that, that they did, they, they did five of them. And each one of those, if you failed, would lose you the game. Suddenly, uh, yeah. if you understood math, you'd be like, let's see, 0.9 times 0.9 times 0.9 times 0.9. At what point? The chances of getting one failure out of those five actions, which yes. would destroy your whole game. Like say, say we're talking about War Machine, where you've got a Warcaster, yep. which is like your king in chess, and you lose that piece, you lose the game. Yeah. Like maybe you've got ninety percent chances to keep delivering kills with your Warcaster. Yeah. But by making use of that piece, you put yourself closer to a position where you just lose the whole game. Even if every single one of the tasks that you take are ninety percent chance of succeeding, if you do it, because you keep risking your king. Yeah, and as you, these, as you wins. keep on risking it, if you just calculate it, right, you do 0.9, right, that's 90% chance, right? So 10%, mm-hmm. that's a small. But if you do 2.9s, that's now an 80% well, it's, chance only. It's 1 minus 0. 0.9 to the power of 5. That's the, that's the calculation to figure out. So 5 times, I'm just looking at it right now, it's, you have a, it's a 60% chance. chance that you, you succeed on all, all 5 of those, which means... Yeah. You ha- you those five tasks that you did gave you a f- if they lose if any of those lose you the game and you continue to do that that gives you a and you did five of those that means you have basically overall losing the game by those forty percent chance of lose the, losing the game through those five choices for through those mm-hmm. five actions and I feel like a lot of people don't understand don't 
not maybe not don't understand, but they don't even think about it in that that kind of thing. And I feel like if you've done more probabilities and maths and things like that, that kind of idea and that kind of thinking is a lot easier to. Uh, it, it's more ingrained in your brain, right? So it comes up and, and you understand that more easily. So you won't necessarily be as prone to make those mistakes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess it falls under like a tactical thing almost. You can keep taking actions that are like highly likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. But then even though you're doing those highly successful actions, it doesn't mean that actually brings you closer to like say the mission objectives. Yeah, of winning a game scenario, like yeah. you could go hunt down a bunch of their like guys on the sidelines and uh-huh. kill, kill, kick the shit out of them with your giant like robot. But mm-hmm. now your giant robot's like not in position to win you the game. Yeah, and the rest of your guys are all vulnerable, and then you, you just lose after that because you haven't been taking like actions towards the right, the right goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I, you could say that's a little bit more strategy, mm-hmm. right? Overall strategy, but that's the thing. Like these kind of t- doing the odds, assessing what is the best, gives you the best chances to win uh, is both mathematics and intrinsic to strategizing how to win. Uh, like for us, one of, like we play uh, Infinity a lot, right? And whenever you make a roll or you make an attack on an enemy, the the enemy has a chance to kill you. Like, not just stop you from killing them. They have a chance to kill you. And so what ends up happening is you have to be very good at whether you use math or not to assess whether the uh, odds of you beating them is worth the risk and the punishment you get of uh, losing. Right, yeah, because the risk, it's much the risk goes more beyond just winning that individual fight. Like, say, if you take that piece of theirs out, mm-hmm. your chance of winning the game goes up by like double, and maybe you only have like a ten percent chance of killing that piece. But if you figure that's going to lock you in the game, maybe you take a ten percent chance to lock in the game as a victory for yeah. yourself. Even if your your unit is going to die, mm-hmm. and then the other thing is like when you're way down, right? You feel like you're on a losing foot. Infinity is great because it also gives you the tools to swing it, right? As in, even if you're, if, if you're down, you can, I think I said this before, if you're down in Infinity, most other games, it's like a linear progression of winning and losing. Whereas Infinity, because there's a lot of risky actions that it allows you to take, mm-hmm. um, you can go for broke. If you know you're basically going to lose by playing it safe, you can say, well, I only have a 10% chance of winning this fight, but if I win this fight, it brings me back into the game. And normally, yeah. if I'm up, this is a stupid play. But because yeah. I'm probably going to lose anyways, it, unless I do this, it is actually the best thing for me to do is to risk that 10% on the hopes that I succeed to actually bring me back into the game. Mm-hmm. And these are, that, that, I don't know, to me that makes the game way more complicated than a more linear game like 40k where all you do is it's like rush it's attrition. Goal, right? you're just going for attrition yeah and it's i punch you you punch me kind of thing and the, the ability to um be more risky is very very limited right it's mostly yeah. about uh what do you call it um target assessment 
yep. about which which unit do you need to destroy first, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there is definitely the some strategy in it. There's still math. There's still math to that to yeah, establishing totally. what like has the highest threat against you, yeah, and what like your particular weapons have the highest chance of destroying. And there's still missions, yeah. but yeah. like the amount of risk you can take in your actions is way mm -hmm. lower. And calculate and and the idea of having in your head a odds of whether this increases your chance to win or not is not as important, right? Yeah. It's not as it's not even as possible to even do, even if you know, I guess, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, now, even though, like like we said, the math to actually calculate these things is really complicated. We've also said that it's not actually possible for us to actually, even if we, we could do it, which we cannot because our math is so bad these days, um, even if we could do it, we wouldn't have enough time to actually calculate those odds uh, on the fly. No, even if you brought a calculator, it would still take too long to go calculate like alternative mm -hmm. paths of what you could do to get you closer to winning the game. Yeah. Just too much so, so even though there's a lot of math that you could use or, or post game to calculate what the actual best odds to do were, how do you go about playing the game right now? We, like you said, we kind of just have a, a, a kind of a percentages table, right? And through experience, we kind of play it out and figure out what the general odds of an action are, right? or we have a sense of, yeah, this is probably like a 30% move. And when you go home, you might be totally wrong if you go and calculate it out. Yep. So this is one of the things that I find really well, you interesting. Might, you might be calculating the totally wrong thing too, because maybe you're calculating, yep. oh, I deal like half wounds to this thing, which is good, but you're uh -huh. not accounting for the fact that they could just quickly repair the thing back up to full wounds. Mm -hmm. So the action you're taking like, even if you think you can get some advantage out of it, maybe it actually isn't like yielding what you think it can yield. Yeah. Like there's things you might think you're working towards the right situation, but you're just not, but that's more of a tactical uh -huh. thing. Yeah. I feel like that's more tactical, not necessarily but, a math calculation thing. Yeah. Right. When we do it. But one thing that I find interesting or that I found really interesting is when we were playing war machine, um, the best player in our group was the AY. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did not calculate the maths of nope. uh, the of the odds like we would often, right? We would sit there and be like, "Okay, what are the odds for this?" Is this worth kind it? of, yeah. yeah, is this worth it? He didn't really calculate them, but he knew intrinsically the odds way better than anyone else that played the game because. He literally played way more games than the rest of us. Basically, if you think about it, like when you go and you try and like calculate stuff in a spreadsheet to like calculate odds, and you say, okay, this times this odds, like right, this die is has has one over six times one over to six times one over six times one minus three over six, right? Which is the odds of something else that happening, and you and plus the odds of this instead this happening. This is the way that I don't know. Sometimes as, as a mathematician or a, when you learn it in math, you would try and calculate those odds, right? But then there's another way of calculating odds, which is like literally Monte Carlo, right? Which is the idea of you just do a thousand iterations. It's like experience. You're like, all right, the yeah. last four out of 20 times I did this, it worked. Yes. It's not even like you don't calculate it. You're just like, mm, 
small portion of the times I did this worked yeah. or a large portion of the times I did this worked. And exactly. You've never actually done the math though. And maybe if we talk to AY, he'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I totally calculate all those odds. I totally just don't say them out loud them. like not a weirdo. <laughs> I just calculated them before I even showed up for the game. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it, that's, that's what I seem to have remembered. Maybe I'm totally off. But that he just played a lot. And he's like, well, obviously the best way to learn the odds, like we said, it's, it takes way too long to calculate all these odds. Just play it a bunch of times and then record those numbers. And then you can see when I do the strategy – it's a three out of, of 10 odds that I win. Do I need to do this three out of 10 odds? Because I basically am on track to have a one out of 10 chance of winning the game. And I pull it out. It's not, then I won't even try the strategy. I'll try this other strategy, right? Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't even get into the fact that, like, by playing it way, the game way more and just iterating over it so many times, he learns all the tactical ways of playing much better than the rest of us, like just positioning your units in a better way to actually play the game. Like that also comes out just by practicing, but even yeah. like these complicated maths, even if you can calculate it and they're imminently calculatable, like if you know how to calculate them, sometimes it's not even worth it to do that. Sometimes it's just better just play the game a whole bunch of times and, it, and you'll figure it out. And then you have the sense of it because you just have the experience of it happening. Yeah. Just like in real life, you try something, you don't know if it's going to succeed. Yeah. And then you... Yeah, just don't yep. do it with your life savings. No. On, yeah, don't bet it all on black. No. Just bet what you can lose. And in games, you can lose um, games. Yeah. It's just a game. Although, funnily enough, for the game, in the game kind of thing like we're talking about, the, the I think it was FedEx... The guy who, the CEO of FedEx, it was about to go under, I believe. Or it, yeah, it was apparently, it was about to go under because they didn't have enough money to cover the spread, right? Of how much they needed to function versus how much money they had in the bank and how much money they were going to get uh, at with future investment. Yeah. yeah, basically how much they made you know, payroll. He couldn't make payroll. So what he did was he took the money they had in the bank and he went to a casino and he rolled the dice and basically got lucky, got enough money to make payroll. And eventually, obviously, FedEx became a super successful company. And this is the kind of thing we're talking about. Sometimes, even though it's a bad chance of winning, well, the current conditions, if you have a like a 40% chance, it's a bad, you have a less than 50% chance, which means your, your odds are worse of actually winning. Sometimes if the, alternative is that you just lose it's still good to take the bad odds because the risk right what is the risk of, of the future so he did the right thing well i don't know depending if you're the <laughs> depending on who you are right but for him he did the right thing right the right risk even though it was not it was unlikely to succeed right it had less than 50 percent chance to succeed he did the right thing based on what the repercussions of winning and losing were. So, yeah, so... That's um, a lot about the reasons of why to use the math, mm -hmm. but I guess there's a whole talk about, like we talked before about how simple a game can go. Mm -hmm. There's a question about how complicated that math, the math should be involved in the game. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about War Machine, as before, you've got to like add up multiple dice rolls and you've got to do subtraction to see if things like you add one value to it, then subtract another value for their possibly armor. 
and the odds of actually seeing like it's not just you can get the general odds more simply right the expected odds but actually getting the overall odds of let's say killing a guy or is a lot harder like you can do expected damage of any one roll but calculating the the spread right because is a lot more complicated in terms of math because technically it's like yeah it can get it obviously gets very complicated so i guess the question is how complicated is it like is it worth going with those things because like you can make units more interesting and make the game more interesting by adding like oh you if you have certain abilities you can like multiply your damage or sometimes you have to like half damage which becomes even more complicated because doing yeah, division for us is more difficult than doing multiplication because multiplication you can just sort of simplify this bunch of additions and like we said you memorize your times tables because mm -hmm. you don't normally memorize your division tables to get back to other numbers so like there's the whole question with games of how complicated and how much math you get involved like same thing when you play 40k mm -hmm. you end up with buckets of dice after a while because there's the, like the multiplication if you've got this many attacks but you've got this modifier on it and this many guys like the number of people you have saying you did attacking the same weapons mm -hmm. is basically a multiplier. If you've got eight guys with four attacks, now you're up to like X number of attacks. So you've continuously got to do all this math. If you want to do strategy. But you can well, always you, you, not no, do just, strategy. Just to, just to play the game, you have to do that math. Oh. Because you're like, how big is my bucket of dice? Otherwise, if you don't properly calculate That's right. That's right. what your bucket of dice is, you have to stop playing the game. Or get out of the calculator, yeah. which is just takes you out yeah. of the game. And, and one of the other things with, uh, with 40K is they have so many dice, you often don't have enough dice to roll them all at one time. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm attacking with this giant squad. I have 120 rolls. Well, what is the best way to split up those rolls? Let's say if you have 30 dice. Let's say you have 20 dice. I guess 20 dice. You can roll them a bunch of times. But like, third, like if you have 100 rolls and you have 30 dice, do you do three thirty one of ten, yeah. <laughs> or do you do four of twenty five? What is easier, right? Mm -hmm. How is it? It's what's going to be faster? Possible. Especially when you have to roll so many freaking dice, it's like it takes forever, right, to calculate. Yeah. And then, like you said, you roll it one time. Oftentimes, I'll be like, "All right, so that's fifteen successes. Could you remember that for me? I'm going to roll again. Fifteen successes. All right, seven successes. Okay, fifteen plus seven. All right, twenty two. All right." And then you kind of go through that. So, yeah, there's a lot of – the more dice you have, the more just simple math. Not even like like we were talking about before, odds and, and, and um, advanced kind of – you call it uh, calculations or, or, or whatever, right? Um, just the simple number of additions, subtractions, divisions can get huge depending on how many dice you have. Yeah, and like there's different ways of using the dice too. Like you can use the dice to see whether that roll is a success or failure, or with the dice you can like add up the value on the dice. Oh yeah, so, that's right. So when you start like because back to War Machine, when you you get your roll and you've got to add up how much you have to see how much damage you do, uh -huh. and then once you get say your roll in that bucket of dice, now you've got to add up all the numbers on the bucket of dice. At some yeah. point, it becomes completely unwieldy and nonsensical for a, yeah. a board game. Have how mechanics. many how many d6 of dice damage do you do yeah exactly <laughs> so you do so oh my god it's been so long so you take your power which is the base number then you roll 2d6 
and add those together and you add to add to your power for damage right yeah but if you boosted it you get to add an extra d6 so you can even add 3d6 mm -hmm. to your power but if you're extra if you're like super good let's say you're a weapon master you add an extra d6 yeah so that's 4d6 so now you've got to add four small numbers to one large number and then subtract it against the armor to calculate how much damage you're actually doing yeah and then in that game they, they make you half that and you've got to worry about rounding after that so there's all sorts of oh yeah that's right yeah there's, there's the whole issue of when you get into division now with the game the game's got to like tell you about the rounding so you can't just sort of memorize it either. Then you gotta get, I find yeah. I find in a lot of games where they have division, they often just like give you a table of what what things divide to. Say even in Infinity, when you're supposed to like, or you've got an armor penetration roll, like a special armor penetrating weapon, where you half say their value for their armor. Mm -hmm. They just they're just like, okay, people are so bad at doing this. We have to give you a table. No, <laughs> they they do. Do they? Yes, there's many games that do it. Like Infinity does it, lots of other games do it. That's actually true. The, the, the simple maths of Infinity can get pretty complicated because uh, you take your base number, let's say you're trying to shoot someone, you have a BS, and then you... Yeah, your ballistic skill. Yeah, your ballistic skill. Then you have a range modifier, which is yeah. plus, th uh, like plus three or plus six or minus three or minus six. Yep, and you do that one range. calculation. Then you will have uh, possibly targeted or uh, a link team, which can add another plus three. Then the guy can have mimetism, which is a minus three or minus six. Yeah. Which to, to calculate the number that you have. So like oftentimes you're, you're doing, the, the good thing about it is that it's always plus three, minus three, minus six. So they're- It's always the same increments, yeah. So it's a little bit easy, but oftentimes there can be quite a few, right? And if there are a lot, then it can it can make it, especially if it's late at night or if you've been drinking or something. Uh -huh. The calculations can get a little bit complicated. Yes. And I do see some people take a little bit longer depending on some how late it is to even that form of math. So like because you've got to add a bunch of numbers, subtract a bunch of numbers. Oh yeah, I forgot cover. And then you have AP. Yep. Oh, and then AP is only on the armor, but not on the cover armor. So you've yep. got to do, is it like, okay, so you hit me. So I have an armor of six. You have uh, this whatever strength. I, I got it. I subtracted, I but wait, you, you divided armor. my armor because you have AP so that I have this armor. Then I have to add my cover. Okay. Then I subtract it from your power, and now I can calculate. And then I have to roll above that number. It, it just gets kind of complicated. Yeah, you can't just subtract. You just subtract it, then know what if you're looking to beat it or match it. Yeah, the so plus yes, three minus. Math. Yeah, the plus three minus three thing is actually a lot easier. It's it is true that it's the a, it's the AP or the the E. What's it? The EM is the other one. Two or something. Yeah. That divides your. No, no, no. It's. Oh my God, we haven't played in so long. It's the yeah. breaker. Yes. APM breaker. ETS. Yeah. The bio, the bio rules. Yeah, and honestly, it makes it easier on breaker because the only armor, armor people have for breaker is three, six, and nine. 
So when you break her, you kind of know it's either zero or it's two or it's uh, what three or it's five. Yeah. And I kind of just memorized that to make it easier. Again, it goes back to the memorization tables, right? Yeah, it's easier to have a whole thing memorized and not even think about it. Yeah. So that means playing the game a lot. And like that, yeah. depending on how deep the game is with the amount of math in it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a barrier to entry. And even if we don't talk about math, if we just talk about generally playing games, there's often just a lot of complication that you can add into a game that makes it harder to understand, right? I know this is, we're, we're concentrating on math on this, this one, but like when we talk about War Machine, there are just so many rules that you have to remember, right? Every single character has a special rule that, could, that is often strong enough to win you the game if, if you put it in the right spot, right? Or if your opponent doesn't respect that, that rule. So um, that in and of itself adds a lot of complication to games, right? Yeah, to being able to calculate probabilities because now you need to worry about the abilities on the table that can win, that can win your opponent the game or win you the game. Yeah, or, or maybe so not even if, if you're just doing it by playing it out, just memorizing all those, those things, right? Yeah. Can be so it becomes more, way it becomes too much. more difficult to learn the scenarios from experience. Yeah. Um, but it keeps the game interesting too because you don't necessarily know what's going to happen. That, that's the other thing, right? Is That's the, the other side of, of these kind of things when you have to tweak these little rules. But there are different types of ways you can add complication, right? Like we just talked about the way, like, calculating odds is often really, really hard if you want to calculate the actual number. But just calculating calculating what actually happens can often be way more complicated than it needs to be depending on the system that you choose, right? One thing that I really like is uh, Frostgrave. Um, it's pretty simple. Because you don't have to add up dice usually? You don't add up dice. There's only ever one dice, right? So when you mm-hmm. try to calculate odds, um, you it's a lot easier because it's just a d20, right? It's 1d20 plus your stat versus them who also has 1d20 plus your stat. And it's funny because like on, on Facebook groups and stuff like that, people will, who, who again, even though it's very simple, uh, people still don't necessarily understand the probabilities. Oh, yeah, even people right? we play with have difficulty sometimes doing math on it, even though it's basically like you can use your yeah. hand to do most of the addition and subtraction of the modifiers that get involved. But, when we talk about over over the game, what what do you want to do? You want your character to beat the other character, often over a couple of attacks and rounds. What are the actual odds of your knight beating their thug? Right. A lot of people don't necessarily understand the odds, right? And it take like like we said, because Frostgrave is a little bit more relaxed kind of game. People don't necessarily play it hardcore a ton of time so they don't get that that experience that um people will often get from war machine because they're not playing it as much right so they they don't play it enough to truly understand what the power of a knight is versus a thug right and like some a lot of people will just think oh a knight is obviously stronger than thug so the knight should win all the time and then they're like what happened my my knight lost to this thug right and then, the, then they often switch, and they're like, oh, thugs are way too strong. But then if you actually look at the odds, the odds are, are pretty good for the knight. I, I don't remember the knight. 
it's eighty. It's like seventy-five percent chance of winning. It's, oh, more. it's around eighty. It's yeah. higher than that. That's the kind of thing, right? And do you know how I calculated those odds? I didn't use math. I used Monte Carlo. You used online calculator. Uh, I created one, but yeah, uh, okay. basically, uh, I could actually probably bring it up. Basically, I I created uh, a a calculator, right? That just did Monte Carlo. It's like, all right. Didn't do the real odds, right? I literally just did, all right, knight fights thug. How, how often, if they just constantly are fighting each other, will it take? Will the knight win versus the thug win, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. So then I did that, and I used Monte Carlo, and that's how I figured it out. So that's the kind of thing. But, like, intrinsically, it can be often really complicated, right, to figure it out math-wise. And if you don't even understand that there's the mass to calculate it, you won't even know what is actually, like how much better a knight actually is than a thug, right? We understand 70, 80, maybe something like that. Yeah, because there's the whole thing where in Frostgrave you have multiple, you have a lot of health. So it's not like winning the first battle wins you the whole battle. Yeah. And that the more battles you have, the more closer, it's just like rolling more dice. The more dice you roll, like the lower the standard deviation is, which the standard deviation is like how far things sway from the mean basically. Mm -hmm. And the more times you make rolls, the lower the standard deviation starts to get from the mean. So the fact that things in Frostgrave have multiple hitboxes mm -hmm. means that you're gonna have to go through a couple of fights probably to yeah, figure out right. who's actually like, who lives and who dies, yeah. which then and how brings... often? And then there's armor, which reduces the damage. But again, yeah, yeah, so you have all those things. But so the actual the likelihood of one fight might be like the the thug wins any given fight, let's say forty percent of the time. Okay, but then the fact that there's multiple fights happen, it yeah. now starts skewing towards the knight's advantage because yeah. even though the knight, knight has higher only armor. two health left by the end, they win. Yeah. And the knight because the knight has a lot of armor, when the thug wins, they're not doing as much damage to the knight whereas when the knight wins they're much more likely to just one shot mm -hmm. the thug right so you have to calculate those kind of things in when you're actually performing the calculation yes the knight only has two more fight than the thug but he has uh two more life but three more armor which the fact that he just has two more fight is actually a lot bigger than people think because it's not just two, two more fight to win the fight. It's also two more damage when he wins the damage. And then because he has three more armor, it's actually a swing of like seven more damage, relatively speaking, right? Yeah. He does two more damage, well, five more damage, right? Yeah, so it's a big, it's a big swing in damage, right? When, so say you, were, say you were trying to tie up the knight for one turn, you'd be like, okay, I'll send the thug over there. Mm -hmm. There's like a super high chance he'll tie up a knight for a whole turn. It's like probably 90% plus chance that he'll tie up a knight for one turn. But then over the course of the game, there's no way that thug is going to hold No forward. way. But here's the yeah. thing. It's like, it's like oh, a 10% chance. Yeah, it's like a 10% chance that the, knight, the thug is going to end up beating the knight or something like that. I can actually pull out the numbers. I probably have them, but some, another time. Yeah, I guess the whole thing about hitboxes, though, comes into the math of the games where now you're no longer just looking for a success fail. Now you've got to do all the math on how much damage is dealt out there. Yep. And which the higher hitboxes go, now, like, now you need to like, get all the numbers that are in play on, yep. like, at once start to go higher. And the higher the numbers go, 
it starts to get unwieldy for people to be able to do the calculations on like dishing out like can I dish out 60 damage from this one dice roll and you've got yeah. to do all the math on like adding up the hit roll adding yeah. up other rules yeah it starts becoming like for some people it's just too much for them yeah or it just takes and you out of the game you can no longer concentrate on like oh my experience says yeah. this will happen you have to sit back and just start doing piles of math like, too much of the game yeah yeah, like when we think about that same kind of thing in Frostgrave, uh, a full health, we were talking about a full health knight versus a full health thug, right? The knight is almost like has a very high chance of winning. What happens if the knight has five health? Yep. Now, if he has a loss, he has a, a much higher chance of just dying before he actually wins. Now, what are the actual odds? Like, I, I, if I take on my calculator, I can tell you. Yeah, if, if <laughs> I actually don't health, know what the odds are. But. If the half half health knight fights the thug mm-hmm. is there now like what are the odds on that and so if, technically because there's also a wounding thing if if any kind of character has four or less health health they're wounded and they get minus two to hit now you're like okay so if, I, if the knight loses one health they only get they now have the same fight as the thug oh if they start at six and there's a likelihood of like getting dinging him just dinged exactly then, two mm-hmm. damage or something and then bringing him into a different class category yeah yep. so the math exactly becomes, even though there's only one dice in play the math can become pretty interesting yep. to the point very, where very interesting better. yeah so it's almost better to like try it out and and these are the, the things where people are like oh it's just simple or whatever well not really it's not actually that simple right and then the question is if you made it super complicated let's say the, the, one of the cool things I like about uh, Frostgrave is it's one die roll, right? And then also use the same die roll for uh, damage, right? A lot of people are like, oh, what yeah. we actually want is 2d10s. I'm like, do you really want 2d10s? It actually, to me, it, it does create a more bell curve kind of effect on damage and hitting, yeah. but it also makes certain people a lot better <laughs> than others, right? If you're, if you're on the right portion of the curve, because you know the odds right so if you're on the right part of the curve like uh, but most people have fight two right so if you have a certain amount right of fight above that then you're going to have a significant advantage give it most of the advantage against the other people right and so you have these like weird breakpoints when you kind of do well, those because, things yeah because the because the, the deviation keeps going down when you add two dice yeah it becomes now, like a bell curve right yeah, it becomes a bell curve as opposed to just a more linear. linear. Yeah, a linear change. It's the likelihood of, like, if you're a disadvantage, now there's less likelihood of, like, skews coming out. Yeah, like, and I don't... Situations are more unlikely. And I, I just wonder, like, is that really better? I don't know. I don't know why people think it's such a better kind of idea. Like, actually understanding any one role is actually harder when you add in two dice well maybe they want more predictability like they want to say oh if this guy's better he's really so just gonna all, he's win. more likelihood if he's better he's just that gonna is. win yeah it's less likely for us like but it also makes like armor, armor a lot better because the ability for for armor to skew high like damage rolls to skew high changes a lot right but when you've got two dice it could it's much less likely to skew low or skew high which means high yeah. armor is actually a lot better Yep, because now you're you're coming closer to the mean, and you're not going to get some. Yeah. So if you have something like, if you take your knight and you add in armor, mm-hmm. which is already good in the base game. If you have 15 armor, it's very strong in the base game. 
if you have a bell curve, it's even stronger. <laughs> it's ridiculously strong. It's like, yep. right? Because yeah, the likelihood a, of getting the likelihood of the t- getting two of the twenty is now one hundred as opposed to one in twenty. Yeah, exactly. Now your your ability, which maybe that's what they want. They're like, oh, I want my armor spells to be way stronger. Somehow, I don't believe they thought that through. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> but the the unpredictability is fun as well. So yeah, maybe, maybe what they do is they. Uh, they break up the roll, so it's two d six to to win the fight, and they have to roll another d twenty for damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although that changes the game entirely as well, because one of the things that makes it interesting is if you beat a guy, generally you're actually doing damage. Like if you have to roll a second roll for damage, that actually does change things a lot. Yeah, nothing may happen at that point. And then when you yeah. add on like armor saves on top of that. There's multiple levels where nothing may actually happen as a result of... Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I just really like the, the Frostgrave kind of system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, yeah, because like 40k, you've got three rolls to come to... Yeah, a but are they... You've got, they're more complicated, but do they actually make things more strategic? Sorry, I, I cut you off. Go on. Yeah, because in there, they, you've got the two-hit roll. Mm-hmm. Then you've got two-damage roll based on the power of your weapon and their toughness. But then there's another measure of toughness, which is represented by armor, which you can question Against their AP. That... Yes. And then now, now the weapon has another stat to compare to their armor. So you're now comparing like the two values of the toughness of your, your attack versus their defense. It seems almost unnecessary. I'm sure some people like, are really attached to it. In the but... new game, there's a, a lot of a third one, which is... When we played it, there was as well, but there's the feel no pain role. So feel no pain is, I feel like, a lot more prevalent in the new game, which yeah. basically gives people a second save. So you have your hit. There's, no, there's a defend. fourth level then. Isn't there a fourth level of rolling? Yeah, that's your, 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 your fourth level. So you have your two hit, yeah. Yeah, your two you wound, two your armor save, and then, yeah, sorry. Uh, well, not including the hit, right? That's what I meant. Because oh, okay. the so the two hit you could say is like simulating actually hitting the guy, and then you have three. The, then the the guy that's hit has three ways to save, right? He has his toughness, then he has his armor save, and then he has his feel no pain save. And then and then maybe that gets negated by rules that negate feel no pain. Feel so no you're comparing <laughs> another value of the weapon against it, yeah. and you can also get re rolls, obviously. And if you're just like, do you really need all of these different? kind of things like you're 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 ostensibly adding these rules to add you know variety and whatever and to make things more interesting right because you can have a high toughness low armor save or maybe like a low toughness high armor save or like a high toughness high armor save right but how much does that actually matter because they they simplify the game by having guys with one wound but then they push the complication back up and they're like, oh, maybe he's not going to lose the wound because of all these other rules. Yeah, and you're just like, you do really need all these different things. And I, personally, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I, I think it's overkill. Yeah. Like to hit and then to wound makes some sense because it's like, I'm attacking you. So I have a, I have, a, what do you call it? Um, I have, I have a, like it's some combat, yeah, it's your combat ability, yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm doing an actionable thing, 
And then you have survivability. You do an actionable thing in response to try and survive. So you both get to, to pretend to perform uh, an action. You have some sort of agency, right? Yeah, it's basically you're swinging your sword at him. Can he duck it? Or does it or just take the, it or take does the it slam into him? Does it, does it touch him or does it not touch him? Here's the question. Yeah. And then the other one is, and then you, the other one is, can he, can he take the damage, right? I can understand why you'd want to split those up, to, those two things up. Yes. Because if they're attacking with the wooden sword, you're wearing your full suit of plate mail against the wooden sword, you're like, oh, yeah. I didn't notice it. Whereas if you start bashing little tiny goblins who are uh-huh. just wearing like leather armor with your wooden sword, maybe you just uh-huh. bash the goblins' brains in with your crappy wooden sword. But oh yeah, actually I forgot to mention, like when you say they only have one wound, that's not true yeah. in, in 40k anymore. There's like tons of people with multiple wounds. The base space marine has two wounds now. Yeah. So so actually they have a fifth level of taking damage, which is wounds, yep. and then weapons again have a wounds stat. How many wounds do they do to the guy? So that's another way that people can defend against wounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you don't need this many types of, of ways to, uh, what do you call it, to model toughness. It's almost better if they just did a uh, one save, right? Let's say you, you to hit, and then they have a save. And then, but your, your armor type, your armor has a type, right? Let's say your, your armor type is, I don't know, metal or armor, uh, toughness, or feel no pain and then depending on the weapon maybe the weapon is anti-armor anti-feel no pain right that's technically basically the kind of thing you're, you're trying to do right you're trying to create a rock paper scissors like mechanic right you're saying oh this this weapon is good against guys who are good at who have high armor so technically what you really want is if this guy's defense is coming from armor then you this weapon is good against that yeah I don't know, just just uh, one of those ways that's like, it makes the game extra complicated, but it doesn't necessarily add in a lot more strategy to the game. It's not adding a lot. No, no, there's no, like representing armor makes sense, but representing it in multiple ways that add more math mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily. Yeah, you're, you're making like... all these extra rules, rules, mm-hmm. sorry, rules and rules. Uh, but you're not adding a lot of strategy to the game relative to that. And I do, I didn't read somewhere. It's like one of the things that really slows eighth edition down. It's just the number of roles you're doing. Yeah, it's like literally mention, not strategy. It's just like, yeah, I was going to mention like what, what's the limit for a bucket of dice? Like doing it once <laughs> in a while, having the bucket of dice is fun, but then yeah. when you get into the bucket of dice, like a couple times a turn, and like uh-huh. how many times a game do you want to be having to pull out the bucket? Yeah. Because then Yeah, we, a lot like of people said, talk about in playing in tournaments, because there's a time limit in 40k, they they're like, just use a dice calculator on your app. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that just means your game broke itself. It gave yeah. you too many dice and you can't even play the game anymore because it takes too long to roll that many dice. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, the mechanics are now something that should be simulated in the video game, not like yeah not something that's in your control and actually yeah exactly that's what what the calculator is doing right doing the hard math for you right 
Um, and just, yeah, that's, that's another thing. Just rolling dice, just counting how many are three and up or four and up when you've rolled 50 dice takes forever in 40K. Yeah, so what are, are you playing game. a miniatures game with strategy or are you just counting numbers on dice? When you're playing yeah. modern 40K, you're mostly counting numbers on, <laughs> numbers on dice. Yeah, and briefly playing Kings of War too, I've noticed the bucket of dice becomes highly prevalent because there's multiplier effects on oh, like, yeah? your attacks. And then depending How many on the dice? direction you attack from, you go in like 60s easily. 60s? Yeah, if you hit someone from oh, behind. I was thinking like, like 10. Large, I was like, oh, maximum 20. Yeah, this, this is why like the whole thing about what, like how big should your bucket of dice become? I think it, even if you're in a bucket of dice game, mm-hmm. a handful is enough, and that's like 20 dice. How many come in the little cubes? 36? So 36? Yeah, if you, if you buy the small dice, yeah, I think it's 36. Okay, so 36 should be the maximum. 36 should be more than enough dice that you need to play a game. I feel mm-hmm. like it should be enough for both players. So basically like 20 dice, right? Because you got, you, you got 36, you got to divide that too. So you have 18 each. And then you have two big dice for whatever kind of special rolls. And so you, add, yeah, you have to roll them all together. Yeah. yeah, 20 dice. Which is why actually one thing I really liked was Warhammer Apocalypse. I know like, I know when we, while we talk, we often bring up the same types of games that we, or the same games that we like, but it's mm-hmm. like, there's only a certain number of games that we like, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe we should go try and play some other games, just even if we might not like them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, like Warhammer Apocalypse, basically, it it, it plays the 40k kind of universe, but scales everything in terms of calculations down. So, like the number of units, you just put them on trays. So you have five guys. You don't have to move five individual guys. You put them all on tray and just move them around. That's the kind of idea of how to play. Same thing with dice. A full unit of ten or twenty guys. They roll four, maybe eight dice, right? It's not like they roll like 10 guys rolls 40 dice, right? You just, yeah. they just scale it all down so it's like a manageable number of dice. And that is so much better because like rolling 10 dice is fun. Rolling 20 dice, you could say, is like maximally fun for rolling a lot of dice at one time. Rolling 40 dice starts becoming tedious. Technically, the roll of the dice is fine. It's calculating the numbers after rolling those forty dice. Yeah, you're basically doing. Yeah, you're basically a sorting machine at that point. Then you're rolling forty dice. It's terrible. And the time you spend in the game doing that's not the fun part of the game. Although maybe to some people it is. I I guess weirdos. (laughs) Okay, so how about uh, calculations of d sixes versus d twenties or d tens? We've talked about this before a little bit, but like when we talk about yeah, calculating odds, the it's easiest for people to understand is D10s because we learn our math. We live in a decimal system world, right? So we yeah, understand those better. Mm-hmm. The odds, I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're trying to calculate odds, it's much easier because then you get the percentages, and you can yeah. like if you do two, it's now a percentage of a hundred, which is yeah. not so crazy. In the D6s, yeah. you kind of, there's like, you kind of memorize the probabilities for the D6s because the outcomes are more, there's only so many outcomes. Mm-hmm. So you can only, you can roll a one and a six, what's the chance of that? Mm-hmm. Like what? There's only up to basically 36. So you memorize, well, there's two to 36. So you memorize the percentage chance of all these different results coming up. Well, yeah, well it's fine. not even multiplied, it's just added together. Yeah, you're talking about actually like 2D6. Yeah, yeah, it's just two to, t- so you're adding them together. It's now just, 
the numbers from two to 12, yeah. the percentage of those coming up. So you basically just memorize that table as opposed to doing math. So with D6s adding together, you, you can get a sense of that. Once you get into having multiple D20s being rolled on the board, there's almost We talked no about like, even though D20, technically mm -hmm. you should be able to calculate that easily. It's 5%. To, to calculate it, you basically divide it by, you divide it by two, right? to yeah. turn it into percentages. But as we said, people are terrible at division. <laughs> so yeah. even though technically you would think, oh, well, actually it's pretty easy. It's just 5% increments, right? To calculate it 10%. First, yeah, which some people yeah. are just dividing like 17 and a half. They're like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just an extra step that people have to take. And when you're in this stress of this game, and it's fun stress, right? Mm -hmm. But like when you're in that kind of stress of the game and you're trying to quickly think out what's the best thing to do and, and you don't have time to constantly be dividing a number by two, even though it's a simple calculation, it's just an extra thing you don't want to burden the player with, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that even like, if like a couple of our favorite games do use the D20. <laughs> well, yeah. But the fact that you don't feel like you can calculate it instantaneously and you don't think you can memorize all the outcomes Mm -hmm. you're now disinclined to even try and do it. You're now just like, mm -hmm. what's the experience on trying to make these roles as oh, opposed okay. to even going down the road of feeling like you can start doing the calculations. So it's actually in some ways better. You just got to like memorize it kind of thing and it's fine. Yeah, you, you don't actually calculate percentages. Build up a repertoire of experiences of trying to You don't to have to, to theoretically it. understand the numbers. You just have to like understand through practice of what, what the actual things are. That's a good point. Yeah. And the same thing, I think, in some ways with the D6, even though it's much harder for people to calculate uh, percentages, right? Mm -hmm. Living in a uh, decimal world. At the same time, it's a lot easier to count up to six than count it, to count to 10. So when people think about odds, they can kind of keep it in, in fractions of six, six right? They're like, oh, it's five out of six chances. I kind of understand what that is, right? Yeah, even, I don't have to calculate and say... Yeah, or one-third. Like, I don't have to think, oh, yes, this is 33%. I really understand it. I'm like, oh, one-third, I kind of still understand, right? So mm -hmm. in some ways, because it's such a low number, it's okay that people can't calculate it, like, into a percentage. They understand yeah. it a lot more intrinsically, what the odds are for the those The lower things. goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the lower it goes. So what is your, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, what's the best dice? to use if you were to start a game now what's the best dice to use i just like d6 because you can read them so easily and pick them up so yep. easily yeah like, i know I, I we talked a lot about the mass and calculating but actually it comes down to like <laughs> reading use rolling ah rolling is actually d20 is probably the best rule but but the readability gets low yeah the readability is too low and then the d6 is also historical it's just mm -hmm historical everyone ha kind of has these sixes understand this stuff yeah and you don't end up with it has less cocking situations where you can't tell what side's actually facing up that's true or faces the dice starts getting you're like oh, that's true kind of d20s like get cocked off so often yeah because they, they can lean against things just that little bit and you're like i don't know yeah. anymore yeah exactly and then d10 d10s are okay but I think the historic historicity of D20, I think I've said this before, the historicity of the D20, the fact that it's Dungeons and Dragons and it's been out for so long and it's round, yeah. so it looks prettier. Uh, it's round-ish. 
Uh, yeah, the shape the shape's much nicer than the, the D10 shape's not very appealing. Whatever there is about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Even if the it's it's a good dice to actually kind of look at, right? Because the, the, the still the, the sizes are pretty decent, and it's good for for decimal kind of thing. Um, the history is just not there. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a lot about maths and complications. Um, just the difficulty of that, how sometimes certain games uh, are way more, um, there's way more kind of, of calculations and strategies and, and, and uh, what do you call it, complication and maths that you need to understand the odds than people would think. Um, one thing I think we, we kind of touched on, but I, I think we, we should probably uh, zoom in as maybe the last topic. Uh, the last kind of thing we want to talk about is um, how important is the actual complication? And what are like, what are the, we've talked before about why simplifying is good, but why is it really good to have this extra complication, right? Why would you want to push the complication in your game to the maximum? So I guess when it looks too simple, people just, they don't get engaged with it as much because they feel like there's not very much to learn. Mm-hmm. And Even if they haven't learned it all. No, even though they haven't learned it all, they think they basically they know what's about it. to happen. They just think they know what's going to happen in the game. Even if and they don't necessarily even know what's going to happen in the game, the fact that they think they do and they think they yeah. could calculate it, even though they never actually calculate it because, we, like yeah. we said, so, math is hard. So it's that, there's that whole rush that, you get out of gambling and if you, you pretty much felt like you know what was going to happen with like the outcome of the gambling, uh-huh. you wouldn't get that like, Oh yeah, what's going to happen? I really want to see. I want to see. I want to see. Uh-huh. Like, if you don't have enough unknown going on, just mm-hmm. like more complication creates more unknowns. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to like be unlikely to happen, but just like if you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It just becomes more exciting. Yeah. So there's definitely that kind of aspect. I also think there's the aspect of, uh, whenever you think about a problem, mm-hmm. uh, being it's the the cleverness feeling, if you if you know what I mean, like yeah. where there's a sort of arcaneness to a, like a problem, and then yeah, having fun problem. of calculating out the answer and feeling clever about doing it. Yeah, there's the whole opportunity to do problem solving. If you don't feel like there's yeah. much of an opportunity to solve problems and like all the solutions are clear, you're just like, okay, this thing should clearly shoot this thing. This thing should clearly shoot this thing. You're uh-huh. just going through like some rote actions uh-huh. as opposed to feeling like you've had to like creatively come up with solutions mm-hmm. in the game. So, so you don't feel that problem solving, that clever, the feeling of cleverness of solving that problem and stuff. Yeah, if there's not enough, if there's not enough things that would have to be calculated and taken into account, then you're just, you don't feel like there's much to really, you're not getting that involved. Yeah, you don't feel like you have agency in some ways because you're like, well, everyone knows what you're supposed to do. Why am I even doing the decisions when we know all know what the, the right decision is? When you have to figure it out, you feel like, oh, well, not everyone would know that I, what I'm really supposed to do is these kind of actions to get the highest chance of winning. Yeah, that's definitely uh, important, and I think that's that's one a, a thing that a lot of people play these kind of games for that feeling of discovery and and figuring out and, and feelings of cleverness of of finding the solution to the problem. 
Yeah, so I don't know if the math necessarily has is the biggest effect on that. I think it's more about like the. Oh, really? I think the math. No, I, I agree. On things. I I feel like That's the math is actually often not a good way to add complication to your game. Like having three or four different roles, just the overlay things is not necessarily or with an arcane formula doesn't necessarily add to the feelings of cleverness. It, like, like we said before, it just starts feeling like you're an accountant trying to calculate, go through the formula and fill in the numbers, right? You're not necessarily getting that agency of finding out the clever solution. Yep. Yeah, it's not about your tactical decisions. It's like now shifts more towards what is my knowledge of like my calculation knowledge very good as opposed to your tactical like decision making. Do I send these guys this way? Do I send them that way? And then more becomes, oh, what was the probability on what occurs when I send them there being the best solution? At the same time, some people really like that, right? There's there's often the argument, especially with like super complicated like games like RPGs, there's a certain number of people who like the feeling. And and I think I'm and honestly I think I'm one of those those people who like the feeling of knowing this secret knowledge, right? It's like, oh, a lot of people don't know know this, but I know that like and it's not just in, in games, it can be in like any kind of thing. Like if if I have secret knowledge about my favorite TV show, right? It feels good to know the secret knowledge. I feel like I'm a uh, delver of the arcane right i have these special words that if i speak them there they give me power over the opponent in the context yes. of being better at the game you're, you're the secret king exactly <laughs> yes exactly and it doesn't have to feel like oh i'm smarter than them or whatever it's just that i know the secret words and they don't they don't mm-hmm. know that actually the best unit in this game is is this character or whatever uh, what they don't know that like this this character is totally overpowered or whatever character. i do uh-huh. right yeah, because when you combine him with this other character, he becomes yeah, totally OP, and, and they really should have read the secondary text, which says that this ability with this other ability obviously makes the super combo. Right? It's one of those things where people really like often. One of the things people like about uh, card games, right? It's a lot of just calculating these kind of ideas and putting them together. Right? It's like a lot of card games are like are about that. Where you yeah, build the card games? Are, I mean, the card games are usually much lower on the math. Yep, that's right. There's no uh, dice involved. Yeah, but I guess one of the things you have to be careful about when you're at a lot of complication is is, is overdoing it, because if you make it too complicated, that nobody knows the best decision, and they feel they might feel, start feeling like I don't even know what I'm doing. And I don't even know what the actual best decision is. So I'm literally like throwing darts in the dark, right? I have no idea. It's all just random now at this point. Who knows who what's going to win? And then in that way, you again lose agency by trying to give people like a lot of things to calculate and, and add agency. You actually end up, because no one, no one can bother to actually do the calculations. No one has any agency and it's all just random to them. Yep. So, well, There's always a balance to it. Yeah. So that's what makes a good game. It's hitting the balance, right? Yep. And I, I guess we've talked about this before. I kind of skew more into like more simple kind of ideas, right? I like the more simplified kind of uh, games and then having it more about emergent uh, strategy. So I like the complicated maths. I like it when you have to do the long complications of like, but any kind of rule is small 
right? Any kind of dice roll is small, but through the kind of many decisions you make, you kind of have to, the, 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 the overall math becomes complicated, right? Yeah, I do like it when you've got to calculate what's taking you closer to the win as opposed to what's just like part of the bat, battle. Yeah. It's like you've got to calculate what counted, do the war. Yeah. All right. Um, do we have anything else we want to talk about in terms of complication or, you, or, or statements you want to say to wrap this up? Nah, I think we've, we've calculated what we want to say. Yeah, I think so. I think in the end, complication is stupid. Simplify your games as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to have fun. If you don't like having fun, do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. I think we finally come to that calculation after 20 odd years of board gaming. Exactly. All right. Uh, if you kind of disagree with us, you want to tell us, you know, complication, best thing ever. Uh, if you think there's games mass, to go right or games to go too yeah. far. Oh yeah. Tell us what games you think are like right on the edge of too complicated and, but hit it just right so that you love the game and how many people of your friends agree with you, <laughs> which is always what I want to, to, to know about. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give us a shout. Join. Uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, Dice over everything. Uh, we have a Facebook group. That's where we like to talk. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, this has been Alan. It's from Brandon. All right. One more thing. So if you enjoyed that podcast and want to listen to more, you can find them over at diceovereverything.com or uh, on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to leave a comment, message, or ideas for like more podcasts from yeah, us. Or just get in touch with us. At Facebook and look for Dice Over Everything there. All right. Bye.